Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. It was a time of great spiritual darkness and dryness. One of the most brutal empires of humanity was in power. There was political intrigue and unrest with a continual battle for power. Physical beauty and elitism was worshipped and celebrated. Social status and economic wealth brought success. A great chasm existed between the haves and the have-nots. Injustice and equality, prejudice and exclusion... Shame and oppression dominated what was termed a civilised society. Into this moment of human history, God chose to pay the cost for us. He made himself of no reputation and came as a vulnerable baby, born into shame, scandal and humble position. He grew to be a man and went about healing and delivering the people, demonstrating and declaring God's kingdom has come. He as the Son of God became the Son of Man to serve humanity. He is the Servant King. Hundreds of years earlier there were many prophetic words about him, how he would have to suffer for our sakes. One such prophecy is in Isaiah 53. It is expressive in its poetic description of the human condition and the significance of Jesus' suffering. It reveals the Messiah as the suffering servant. So today, let us go back into time and go deep into the prophecy of the King of all kings who became the suffering servant for us. Isaiah 53, verse 1 to 2. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus came into spiritual dryness and darkness, to a desert land. He was from the heart of the Father, full of grace and truth. He chose to come as an ordinary man, of no reputation, no superficial beauty or charisma to draw people to himself. He represents all of humanity, including the downtrodden, rejected, outcast, Oppressed, the have-nots, and yes, the haves. Verse 3 He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. He was despised. 
that is to be considered vile, worthless, have disdain for and regard with contempt. Such abhorrent emotions with no just cause. As Jesus came and he went about doing good, healing the sick and delivering the people from evil. Yet he was rejected and despised by the ones he came to heal and set free. Not only did they reject him, but they chose a criminal to be freed in his place. Rejection goes deep, especially when rejected by someone you love. It is like the bottom of your heart falls out. It is hard to accept that God, who doesn't need for anything, including our love and acceptance, loves us so much that he sent his Son. He came in human form and laid down his life for all humanity, knowing there will be those who will despise him and reject him. The servant king became the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief for us. Verse 4 Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Surely, absolutely, 100%, he has borne our griefs, that is, diseases and sicknesses, and has carried our sorrows and pain. The Hebrew word that has been translated as born is the exact same word used for intercessory role of the high priest, back in the days of Moses and Aaron. Aaron, the high priest of the Hebrew people, would bear on the shoulders of his ceremonial clothing the name of the twelve tribes. This would mean he would literally carry the people to God as he entered the Holy of Holies bearing their guilt and offences toward each other. The high priest would offer up a sacrifice on their behalf, and the sacrifice would pay the cost for them all. So when the people saw the smoke of the sacrifice, they would be able to receive forgiveness, knowing the cost had been paid for them. We all need a high priest to intercede for us, and an eternal sacrifice to pay the cost. In Jesus' sacrifice, he has paid the cost for our guilt and shame, sorrow and grief, trouble and pain, that is mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually, and he carries us to the Father. In his truth we can tear down strongholds of the mind, those negative thoughts and expose the lies of the evil one. So when we think a bad thought or have done a bad thing, or caused an offence to another, or listen to lies spoken over us, or feel unworthy, whatever the circumstances, we can look to his resurrected body and nail-pierced hands. We can give that thing to Jesus as our high priest who has carried it, And in his sacrifice, he has paid the cost of it and defeated it. No longer are we to be slaves to it 
as Jesus has broken the power and control that they had over us. In Jesus' suffering, he has turned our guilt into innocence, shame into honour, captivity into freedom, and sickness into healing. The text states, We thought he was punished by God. But Jesus is not a victim of God. God did not crucify himself in Jesus. For it was out of God's great love for us and our need for someone to pay the cost and defeat death, sickness and evil that he in Jesus suffered for us. Jesus came from the heart of the Father for all humanity, even those who rejected him despised him, spat in his face, mocked him, ripped apart his human flesh and beat him to a pulp and watched the blood pour out as they nailed him to the cross. An innocent, perfect man stayed on the cross and said in the lowest moment in human history, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He had done nothing wrong, was totally innocent, the perfect man, yet he chose to lay down his life for all humanity. He had the power to lay it down, and he had the power to take it up again. He became the man of sorrows, acquainted himself with grief, experienced the lowest of lows, the full human condition, for us. He became the perfect high priest and sacrifice for us, giving us all of himself to make a way for us to believe and receive and live in his victory. For he has made us worthy to receive and believe. He has made us clean. He did it all for us. Verse 5 But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. As the Son of Man, he felt every blow physically, emotionally, mentally. As the Son of God, he knew what was before him, and in his humanity and anguish he sweated drops of blood. And for a deeper understanding of the suffering of Jesus at that moment in the garden, please listen to our podcast, The Garden of Victory. And remember, he did all this for us. His flesh was pierced for our transgressions against God, ourselves, and each other. He was crushed for our iniquities, punished and executed for our peace. That is a completeness, wholeness, safety and soundness, healthy mind, body, emotions, spirit, 
content and at rest in him. By his stripes we are healed. His peace is to rule and reign in our lives, rule and reign over anxiety, depression, worry, fear. All are to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation when we experience these things. All have to bow to him and his victory, and in that hope and truth we stand. By his spirit he transforms our hearts and minds to bring us into the reality of his victory. His peace, ruling and reigning in our lives, despite the circumstances, despite this unjust world, and we are all on a journey with him. doesn't matter where we are in him. His peace, ruling and reigning in our lives. He was wounded, bruised, chastised by us, for us. Surely his suffering is more than enough. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 to 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He had cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He did all this for our peace. Peace of mind, peace of body, peace in emotions, and peace in spirit. Complete and perfect eternal peace. It is for our peace. God is always at peace, as that is one of his characteristics and fruit of his spirit. He did not need the sacrifice to make peace. We did. For our peace. For us to be able to receive this peace, his peace, we needed the sacrifice. For us to be at peace within, we needed the sacrifice. To know the cost has been paid, and our debt has been paid in full. We are the ones who could not look at him. We are the ones who ran away. Yet he looks upon us, continually pursues in love, and became the way for us to receive and believe. Verse 6 All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The word that has been translated as laid means make intercession for. That is to intervene on behalf of someone through prayer, action or testimony. The Hebrew people, the original hearers of the prophecy, related to the role of the high priest making intercession for them. All had gone astray from God, turning to our own selfish desires and away from God. Yet God himself became the intercessor for us, 
the once and for all eternal sacrifice to deliver us all. The eternal one who is perfect and true always lives to make intercession for us. His will is to rule and reign in our lives, in surrender of our will and our selfish desires, self-centered and self-glorifying ways of our flesh. He rules and reigns. His will be done. That we live in the fullness of his victory that he suffered to give us. Verse 7 to 12. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labour of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. The Apostle Paul, being a Hebrew, understood the role of intercession by God for us and boldly declares in Romans chapter 8, verse 33 to 34. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. It is Christ who justifies, that is, makes everything right, paid the cost, and makes intercession for us. He is the suffering servant king, totally innocent falsely accused, who bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, our trouble and pains. Having experienced the full human condition and the injustice of humanity's empires, he suffered so that we could be healed, delivered and at peace with ourselves, each other and God. Surely his suffering is more than enough. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.